I want you to think about the best leaders you've ever been around. They've either been your boss or a colleague or maybe a religious leader or somebody outside of a company. What three words would you pick, would you choose to describe their character? Like what made them so incredible? I'm going to share with you my three in this episode. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. This episode of the Culture Hacks Podcast is sponsored by Lead in 30. Leading others is hard. Learn how to create clarity, alignment, and movement at leadin30.com. So recently we wrapped up a conference and this happens twice a year. It's part of our church. And I know many of you aren't religious and whatever, but this is not a spiritual or, or a religious uh, podcast, as you know, if you've been listening for a long time. But I, I, I do, I'm, I'm looking for lessons of leadership everywhere in the leaders and executives that we coach and consult in our own organization, in my own life, in the companies I've worked at, in the books I read, in the leaders I'm following from a distance, in the church that I'm a member of. And we just wrapped up our, what they call a semi-annual general conference. And so twice a year, the leaders of our, our global faith speak to the members and they do it, you know, on a, uh, on a, on a conference. And it's two days long and it's been happening for like almost 200 years. And we just wrapped it up and it got me thinking about a leader that I deeply respect and admire and some of the words that I would use to describe him, but not just him, other incredible leaders I've had a chance to interact with over the years. And these three words are the same for what I just saw in this conference over the weekend, as well as in over the, my life, the, the, the leaders that I most admire and respect to and who have had the most impact on me. So I'm going to share my three words or descriptors with you in a moment. I want you to think about yours. Welcome into the Culture Hacks podcast. I am Russ Hill. I make my living coaching and consulting senior executive teams of some of the world's biggest companies. You can find out more about our firm the consulting work that we do, the organizations we work with, some of our approach and and uh, and case studies at LoneRockConsulting.com. If you're interested in transforming your ability to lead others, nothing impacts your income, your growth potential, your career, your your role at home more than your ability to lead others. Nothing impacts those things more than your ability to lead others. And we can transform that ability, change the way you view leadership in just 30 days. We take what we've learned in over 20 years of coaching and consulting senior executives, and we share three core competencies. We develop them in you in just 30 days. You can find out more at leadin30.com. Okay. Three things, by the way, we focus on in this podcast. Uh, I have to remember, I'm not used to saying this all the time, and I'm really focused on making sure I mention it. So some of you, I'm sure, catch that and are observant to it. But if you're interested in growing, leading, or creating, that's what this podcast is for. If this is the first time you've ever listened, if you've got a desire to grow, 
to be the better version of yourself. You're not yet who you want to become. You're in the right place. If you're trying to be a more effective leader, you want to strengthen your ability to lead others. You're in the right place. I share lessons, observations, best practices, things that I'm learning in this leadership lab that I have the unique opportunity to work in. I share them with you in every episode. And if you've got a desire to create, because I believe that there's a, there's an innate desire in all of us. It's a human need to create. And that can mean lots of different things. If you've got a desire to create and build that and release and, uh, uh, and unleash that ability and strengthen it, then you're in the right place. Grow, lead, and create. That's what we're about in the Culture Hacks podcast. Okay, so we had this conference. And those of you that have been listening for a long time know that I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, a lot of people have called us Mormons over the years. And so it's, I was raised that way and I've chosen, uh, I've just had too many experiences not to be a person of faith and not to have deep spiritual convictions. And, um, and I've, I've, I've got, I've got beliefs that are consistent with what, what, um, what's taught in, in the religion that I'm a part of. And so I'm very active in it. And, um, and you don't have to be religious. You don't have to be part of any church. Doesn't matter to me. You be you, right? You, you do what you think is best for you. I, I deeply respect that. But in our church, we have this conference every six months and you tune in, you watch it on uh, satellite television or on an app or whatever. And, and millions of people from around the world, whether it's Africa or South America or Europe or here in the U S tune in to watch this conference and the leaders of our faith be like, if you're a Catholic and you're listening to the Pope, deliver, um, or whatever church, you know, your rabbi or whomever, um, deliver kind of instruction or speak, um, what they think the world needs to hear. And we tune in and, and you try to listen and, and, and from the perspective of how can I be a better human being, a better dad, a better husband, a better boss, a better a son, a better member of society, a better everything. Right. And, uh, and so there's always, I get a ton of value out of it because it's self-reflection. And so the leader of our faith right now is a person by the name of Russell Nelson. He's a former heart surgeon and he's been, he, he's elevated through various things to the, to the, be the president of our church. And he's an incredible human being. And I think an incredible leader and working in this space that I do coaching and consulting executives at some of the world's biggest companies. I am obviously a student of leadership hosting this podcast, right? Episode 255. I mean, we've been talking about leadership quite a bit and I make my living trying to help leaders become more effective. And if they find value, obviously they retain us and, 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 and we're doing well as a firm. So uh, I'm grateful for that. And so I'm watching everyone and constantly looking for what can I learn from these leaders? And so I'm, I'm watching Russell Nelson, the leader of our faith. And I just think, man, he's such an incredible human being, such a great leader. What makes him? What makes him a great leader? And the list is long, right? And, you, and then I think about other people that I've worked with or for in my career, or been around or coached or consult clients of ours who I think are just incredible leaders and I think what makes them, what makes them, if I had to really boil it down, what are the characteristics I just thoroughly appreciate in leaders, personally, professionally, spiritually, whatever. And here's my list of three. And I want you to think about your three, like just right now, before I share mine, what, what, what would those traits be? Those characteristics of a leader? What do they do? What type of person are they? What do they have? 
that makes them unique, that attracts you to them, that made you really like them as a boss or highly value working alongside them. And let me, I'm going to go through my list of three and make the case for each one of these. And, uh, and the list could be longer, right? But if I had to narrow it to three, these are my three. The first one is optimism. Optimism. Man, I value optimism in a leader. They have contagious energy. They, they, they have all of these negative things coming at them. All, they're aware of all the challenges and all the crud that any leader has to deal with and all the pushback and problems and things that aren't working right and, and all these pressures. And yet in the middle of all of that that's happening in their life personally and professionally and that they're running up against, they choose to be optimistic. And they're not, they're not a superhero. It's not like every hour of every day, they're walking around with some big giant smile on their face going, Hey, how are you? You know, isn't the world, I mean, they have their moments because they're human, right? I'm sure there are their moments full of tears and doubt and concern and frustration and maybe even anger. All of these, they, they, they're human. They experience those too but yet they find a way day in and day out and hour after hour to overcome that, to choose not to allow that to overtake them. And the older you get and the more experience you gain, the more evidence you acquire, become familiar with to justify pessimism. It's just a fact. You, you have enough experience, enough heartache, enough challenges, enough. You just see enough, the older you get, to justify quite a bit of pessimism. That's <laughs> why I, it used to bug me that older people I knew, grandparents and other people, were always like, man, this world's going down. And, you know, like they just had this view of it used to be so much better. They're talking about society and culture and whatever country, you know, whether it's America or whatever. And, and you would just, you would, you could just sense pessimism from them, right? Good people, but you just, they, they, they've been around the block and, and their dreams have been dashed a little bit and their hopes have been injured and they've, they've, they've experienced tremendous loss and heartache and disappointment. People have let them down. They've not measured up to who they wanted to be. And so some of the some of the shine on them isn't as bright as it used to be, and they feel that. And so you understand as you get older, you understand why the the most senior among us feel uh, can have that. And yet, the greatest leaders, the people who I am attracted to be around, who I want to listen to, in that daily battle, choose optimism. They somehow find a way to smile in the midst of the pain and disappointment and challenges and obstacles. So optimism is the first word at the top of my list that I would pick that defines great leaders. I, um, I think of, and I'll move on to the second one here in a second, cause I want to move through these quickly, but I think of an executive we're working with right now who has so much weight on his shoulder. And I, I I've talked about this in previous episodes, but you hear him laugh and right in the middle of a meeting virtual or in person, he'll just start chuckling about something. 
And so, and we might have just had the most weight, you know, we'll be in the room facilitating a discussion with the senior executive team. And these are people that oversee thousands of people and they've got just tens of billions of dollars worth of weight on their shoulders, right? And there's all these things going wrong. And we'll have a deep discussion. We're right in the middle of it. We're having a debate. And then all of a sudden he'll make a comment. He's just, you can just feel the lightness of the room. Like he knows when to time that perfectly to just kind of lift everyone, to let a little air into the room. I, that's unique. There are so many leaders I've been around who don't do that. They're good people. They're generally positive people, but they, there's just not an era uh, or an aura of optimism around them. You tracking with me? So optimism would be my number one. What would it be number one on your list? Number one for me is optimism, a smile in the midst of all of the challenges. They choose it over and over again. And I know from personal experience how difficult that can be on a daily basis. And so I admire it and I try to um, reflect it. The second one. So if optimism is the first one, and I've done episodes, if you're new to the podcast, you might scroll back through the list. There's an episode, a couple of them were called Optimism is a Choice. Some incredible people I've been able to chat with over the years that capture that. Um, and some stories that I don't have time to tell here about optimism being a choice that I, if that resonates with you and you want to spend some more time thinking about that, maybe search through the podcast previous episodes for Optimism is a Choice. Okay. Let's go to the second, the second word, the second characteristic I would choose on my list. And it is, these are in order, you all. So optimism would be number one for me. And number two would be curiosity. Absolutely curiosity. Curiosity is, is, you could put another word, a synonym, but it's not the same. And that's why I didn't choose it. Humility plays into curiosity. Somebody who is curious has an element of humility. And so those are interconnected. But the word I would choose out of the two is, is curiosity, because I think curiosity is evidence of it. You with me? So that's why I choose it. And so curiosity is, it comes in the form of questions. They don't have the answer to every question. They actually enjoy hearing other people speak. <laughs> they actually value your perspective, not just during the job interview, but actually while they're employing you or when they've invited you to be part of a discussion. You're not just a, a, you're not just a placeholder at the table. They've invited you to better inform so that they're better informed. They're interested in your ideas, your perspective. And not, not just at the table, but also in execution as, as they choose which direction they're going to go and what strategic decisions to make. They're curious. And so that is a huge one for me. I'm, I am constantly impressed by smart people who I am around, people who I think, man, they've got so much experience. They've got so much wisdom. And yet they're asking questions more of their sentences end in question marks than in periods or exclamation marks and i that's something i'm constantly trying i'm a very curious individual but in dialogue and discussion i 
I in a lot <laughs> in a lot of sentences with exclamation marks. I take a position. I'm just wired that way. And sometimes it can come across as having a lack of curiosity, which is I never want to create that. And so that's one that I have to work on if I'm being honest with you. And I just highly, highly value it. There's a leader we're working with right now. And every time, every single time we do interviews with some of his direct reports and we'll report back to him, like in our monthly coaching call, we'll be like, Hey, um, you know, here's some of the feedback that we heard in this last session. You know, it's part of our, it's part of the agenda. And so we spend a few minutes sharing some of the feedback here. And every single time we do that, he is so glued to what we're saying. He's not multitasking. He's not doing everything, anything else. He's asking follow-up questions. And then guess how he ends the conversation? Thank you all so much. Here are four more people I want you to talk to. He's full of curiosity, very interested in what other people are seeing. I find it incredibly valuable. And I think it's an incre- it's, it's a critical ingredient that makes up a successful leader. Because you're just going to make better decisions if you're curious. Okay, and my third. So optimism, number one. Curiosity, number two. What do you think my third word is? What would you guess? What would it be for you? For me, I and I, I debated on this list, you all. I went back and forth and changed out some words and then finally recorded this episode when I felt like, no, it's these three. And it may change. Six months from now, maybe different. Three weeks from now, maybe different. But this is the order for me right now, where I'm at in life. And you may, you may have different words or different order, largely dependent upon where you're at in your life or career or what you're experiencing, right? What, you, what you're not getting enough of um, in the leaders around you. Okay, the third word on my list is vision. Oh my goodness, do I appreciate leaders who have vision. You can have optimism. You can be curious, but if you're lacking vision, you're of limited value, right? To the team or to the organization or for me, like you're not really going to help me get anywhere. I need to be around a leader that's headed somewhere. They've got direction. They know where they're headed. They're on a mission to accomplish something. They're taking this team, this organization somewhere. They can, and we've, we've talked in plenty of episodes. It's what we spend all of week one on in lead in 30 is clarity around vision. And there are specific things that we've discovered in our careers, coaching, consulting executives that define, there's a certain way you should present that vision. If you do it this way, it's incredibly impactful and you can scale your leadership. It works with a team of five and it helps you be able to have the skill set as a leader to lead a team of 55,000. So five people are 55,000, whatever the number is, vision is critical. I want to be around someone who's not just optimistic, not just curious and has humility that drives their curiosity and a desire to learn and grow and and the best idea wins. But I want them to have vision because I've worked for people that are optimistic. I've been around people who are curious, but they lack vision and it feels incomplete. Feels like, yeah, okay, we're missing something. We're not really moving in the direction we want to go. And some of you are lacking it. Some of you are, some each one of us. So one of the things I want you to think about in these three words and in this list is you. How good are you at choosing optimism right now? 
Are you at a, at a place that where there's just tons of weight on your shoulders? You're feeling it. It is hard, man, to choose optimism. I, the first thing I'd say to you is give yourself space. That's okay. Don't try to be a superhero. Maybe this is a season for a week or maybe for several months where you just need to let that weight be felt. You need to be able to just, just vent about it. You need to just mourn that because of whatever you've experienced personally or professionally, whatever you're going through. And you're just not going to be able to choose optimism that effectively right now. That's okay. But you can't be there forever. And so after this season, whether that's 24 hours from now or 24 weeks from now, you need to get to a place of choosing optimism. How much are you allowing things to weigh you down? And can you push through that? Not by being in denial. If you skip the morning phase when you experience setback or obstacles or challenges, you are not healthy. You are not in a good place and you are headed for a meltdown at some point. You just are. And so you allow yourself to mourn and to feel those things and then you choose optimism. So how well are you doing in that area? What about curiosity? How many questions are you asking? How often are you stating the way things are? Rather than asking, what do you think? What's your perspective? How often are you waiting to weigh in until after others have spoken? How much do you genuinely, are you genuinely interested in the wisdom and experience and perspectives of others? And how much do you find yourself just wishing they'd shut up or wrap up so that you can weigh in? And then how much vision do you have? Like, are you describing where we're going to be in three years or five years from now? Is there purpose to what we're doing? I've thought about this lately in our company that our revenues growing so much and our growth is, 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 is dramatic and our, our, the client list is growing and, you know, our biggest challenges are around growth. And, and so we spend a lot of time internally talking about how to handle that. And lost in that sometimes I've thought about lately in my leadership is vision. Am I speaking often enough about impact, about why we're doing what we do, why we're so interested in growing what we're doing? It's not. Yes, the revenue is nice, but it's, it's actually not about that. That is not what gets me out of bed. It's not what motivates me more than anything else. It's the impact on leaders. It's somebody saying, oh my goodness, what you just shared or that insight you gave or that model you just, or that story you just told or that whatever you value you just brought to us, that whatever you just said, it, it, that really affected me. I'm thinking differently, man. If I can have a few of those a day, I am set. It's impact. And so speaking to vision and purpose and destination, how driven are you by that right now? And how much are you speaking to it? Or are you, in the words of a recent episode I did, more of a maintainer? So optimism, curiosity, and vision. And I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here in a moment because you can probably, if you listen often, you can probably hear my voice fading. Still battling this uh, cold or whatever it is that uh, I've gotten from traveling so much lately. But those are the words that come to my mind. What would it be for you? What are the three things that define or describe the leaders that you have the most respect for spiritually, professionally, personally, whatever it might be. 
And then whatever your list of three is, it could be the same as mine. It, one or two of the words may be the same. You might have a different one. I, I would encourage you to think about that. Think about what are those three words that describe the characteristics of the leaders I admire and respect most in my life. And then the, that's step one. And then step two, your homework for this episode is then to evaluate yourself based on whatever the three words are you choose and say, how am I doing? And where could I lean into these more? That is the opportunity I hope that you'll take advantage of coming out of this episode. I hope you're all doing well. Hope you're happy and healthy, healthier, sound healthier than I do as I wrap up this episode. I'm so grateful for the time you spend listening to me share these ideas and thoughts. I hope that you find value in it. And I hope you'll click on the follow or subscribe button if you're not already subscribed to these episodes and you'll get two new episodes delivered to your phone every week. And I'll talk to you in the next episode of the Culture Hacks podcast. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks podcast with Russ Hill.